are live. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Vlogcast comes from a skeptical point of view to answer some of the questions of why. This vlogcast started as a combination of spite and the stress end effect because I needed an excuse to try beer. And um, this seemed like a perfect opportunity because I can't get out of my house right now. Long story about that one. Short version, lake effect snow. Look it up. Part of this is to follow through with the old adage, sometimes the journey is more important than the destination. I'm your main host. I'm known as Shujin Tribble everywhere. You can pretty much find me under that name anywhere you go looking. It's S-H-U-J-I-N after that. Good luck. Uh, things are a little on the weird side over here right now, so just kind of bear with us just a little bit. Let me introduce you to uh, who we've got at the moment. Uh, well, even though... Her icon is there. We may or may not have her voice just yet. Midwest of the U.S. Bridget, are you able to talk? Take that as a no at the moment. Okay. We're having a little bit of a problem with uh, microphone for Bridget. Not quite sure if it's an OS problem, if it's a Discord problem. It such happens sometimes. You know, we'll we'll kind of work from here. Continuing on, however, uh, moving off to the right just a little bit in the frozen central of the country, almost. Joey, glad you could make it. Hi. I'm pretty far from the center of the country, but uh, You're close enough. You know, yeah, uh, we are we are currently somewhere near. Uh, the meteorological uh, term of the frozen hot pocket. Or okay, microwave yeah. hot pocket. Okay, we'll, we'll go with that. From uh, just on the water, where things are um, very much of the standpoint of, hey, you know, it's amazing how people just go ahead and be adults for a change. Unrenowned Tech, good morning. Adults, yeah, people behaving like adults. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Yeah, sorry. Just, maybe just a little bit. And over the water, over to Paris, France. Joseph, good morning. Good morning. So yeah, things are a little on the on the weird side today. Like I said, you know, we're having a little bit of a uh, we're having a little bit of a tech issue, so we're gonna wait and see how things play out for Bridget. We hope she's gonna be able to make it back. We're gonna have to wait and see. As always, for those of you that are with us live, thank you, uh, Stephanie, Felis. Good to have you. Nice to be uh, nice to be back with you guys. Uh, so, as always. I need to go ahead and make the, uh, make the announcement as I should, which is this is another one of our power of 10 episodes. This is listed as a not safe for work episode. If you should not be listening to this at this time, now is the time to go ahead and skip ahead to our next episode, listen to somebody else's stuff for a change because there are no filters and we don't care what it is that we're going to say. So if you get upset because of what's going on, you got nobody to blame but yourself at this point. Fuck off. Otherwise, there goes the first one for tonight. Anyway, um, oh, okay. 
So Joe just shared the uh, the picture explaining what he meant. You want you want to explain it to everybody? This That's is just what kind of cool. This is just what meteorologists call the uh, formation of the microwave hot pocket. Yep. The edges is is your. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Jim Gaffigan, wherever you are. I'm, no, I'm not doing it justice, but uh, we have the sea bass, which is broiled, and we also have the hot pocket, which is cooked in a dirty microwave and comes with a side of Metamucil. Is your hot pocket cold in the middle? It's frozen. To be expected. Anyway, uh, as for uh, as for beer tonight, I've decided that uh, in honor of the uh, oh, before I go ahead and uh, and say that one, Bridget, say hi. Okay, you're there, but you are super weak. That's weird. Okay, we'll uh, we'll we'll see what we can do. Well, the static's actually coming from Joseph. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's that a that's a different thing that's going on. All right, am I getting static? Yeah, don't know if it's uh, static, static, or if it's like stuff moving Animal. across your microphone. Oh, the ventilator from my computer is pretty high. Maybe you're hearing that. It's possible. I also just heard a click. So whatever it was, that click just went away. Okay. Okay. I'll mute myself for now. Can you hear me? Again, you're very, very low, but... My mouth is right on top of the mic. Yeah, I can tell that. Uh, folks, I'm going to I'm going to turn off the video feed for a couple of seconds so I can make an adjustment on my side. The, there's a reason why I'm not letting everybody see what it is that's going on. Just just trust me on this one for a second. Uh, don't do anything different, uh, Bridget. There we go. I am going to raise your volume as high as I can on my side. And the rest of the guys, uh, if you would like to try that for yourselves, you can, you can raise or lower everybody's, uh, voice individually, uh, from inside of Discord to try and help, uh, hear what's going on. So we'll, we'll do this as best we can with you, hun. Sounds good. Or not. You went ahead and you started changing something again, didn't you? You kicked it again. All right. We'll see what's going on. So for... Okay. Like I was about to say, in honor of the Buffalo Bills winning the Super Bowl, eventually, I had gotten Pills Mafia which is a, a play on the Bills Mafia. Why? I, again, it was just one of those things that I, I grabbed when I was on the phone with uh, with Dallin. I have not yet. Uh, I have not yet tried out the the jalapeno cream ale because I've already told him I'm not trying it until you're on with me because you should. You deserve to be there for it because I mean, oh. Oh, this is going to be another one of those, huh? 
okay. This has got the color consistency of, um, uh, well, I was about to say lemonade, but this is more along the lines of, uh, pineapple juice. This is the color of pineapple juice. Lemonade doesn't typically have that much pulp. It depends on who's making it. Well, it uh, smells like uh, beer. Which uh, may or may not be uh, a thing, so I, I guess... Uh, pulp. Yep. Beer. Yeah. Yeah, not even... Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Your face says it all. Yeah, I'm just going to set this over to the side right there. And Would you like a bucket? See, <laughs> no. ladies and gentlemen, the rest of us got to see what disappointment looks like. And we thought Shushin, disappointment was last week. Shujin just now learned what disappointment <laughs> tastes like. Yeah, but last week's, we thought that that was going to be disappointment. Last week, yeah. But I, I tried sipping it a little bit. This time, I got one sip in. I'm done. I'm done. Because this, this tastes like Budweiser from, like, when I was a kid in the 70s. Yes, we sampled beer when we were kids. Because, I mean, that's... that's Whatever. Yeah, something tells me that's not going to have it happen. So, let me go ahead and... Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Get everything rolling, and we'll uh, we'll kind of work it from here. So, with five minutes on the clock, <laughs> Tech, here's your chance. Your five-minute freestyle starts right now. Cruising <coughs> on a sunny afternoon. You, re you remember the song. Cruising. Smokey Robinson, 1979, man. It's a great, great song. And, you know, being able to hear Smokey's voice you know, even after all these years, he's still he's still got a wonderful voice. He's a great guy. But you knew you knew going into it, that's not what I'm talking about tonight. You knew it. Ted Cruz. You know, we, we knew it. We knew it. Ted goddamn Cruz. Man, I mean what 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 can you say? What can you say? And one of the things I can say is that I'm getting um, I'm getting errors from YouTube that uh, don't have enough uh, don't have enough bandwidth going into them. All right, whatever. It'll 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 be what it'll be. It'll clear itself up eventually. So Ted Cruz decided that in the middle of yet a year into a goddamn pandemic. In the middle of people dying from hypothermia in goddamn Texas because they can't get power. They can't get gas. They can't get wind. They can't get power from outside of the state. He decided that what he was going to do was go with his kids to Cancun. And then when he got called out on it, 
hastily booked a flight to come back because his original flight was set for two or three days later. You know, I've seen a lot of people. I've seen a lot of people who have posted that the two, the two political groups in this country are not the same. They're not. They're they're really not. The Republicans are the ones who have lined their pockets. They have used whatever duplicitous means necessary to sate their avarice for power and influence. Anything and everything that they can do and they can get away with any opportunity, especially if it's completely bogus. And what are the Democratic people doing? They're calling. They're making phone calls. They're checking in on people in the middle of this goddamn deep freeze in Texas. They're calling up the elderly. Are you doing okay? What kind of conditions are you in? How can we help you? Getting them out of their houses, getting them somewhere where they can get food, water, get warm. AOC in New York went ahead and used her influence to get people to donate money to try to help. And all in the middle of it all, because the great state of Texas, Republican stronghold that it is, energy capital of the country, decided years ago that they were going to simply forego joining everybody else and have their own power system completely isolated, its own little island only to find out that when the chips are down, wow, you actually do need to ask for help. Ted Cruz had said one time before, nah, man, a hurricane disaster? No, we don't, we don't need to go ahead and vote for them to have disaster funds. They should be able to put themselves back together again by themselves. And meanwhile, these days, it's, oh, can we please have some help, sir? Can we have some more? It's amazing. The boogeyman word of socialism is only a bad word when you don't benefit from it. Why don't you just cruise your ass on back wherever the hell else it is that you want to be? Because right now, you ain't doing dick for the people that you're supposed to be representing. And the worst part of it is, I bet you a lot of them don't even care. Episode 350 on the docket, Winter's Fucked Up. And... You know, I, I, I had to take, uh, I had to take inspiration from a song by the same name by a gentleman named Animated James, who, believe it or not, did the song 
in the brony community. Take that aside, you know, you listen to the song, and suddenly you realize, wow, it's exactly right. Winter is fucked up. The amount of... The amount of distressing weather through North America right now is positively insane. The fact that there is snow in Saudi Arabia should scare the hell out of people. But, you know, that's that's only one piece of it all tonight. We got plenty enough stuff to talk about. Some good, some not so good. But we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Meanwhile, I did go looking up uh, information on Rafe Badawi's condition. We do not have any new news. So as of the recording of tonight's show, it has now been eight years, eight months, four days since Rafe was unjustly incarcerated for thought crimes. Our hopes, our thoughts are still with you and your family. We are still waiting. But be that as it may... Um, and, uh, Felis, yeah, that's, that's something that's definitely going to be making an appearance in a little bit. Okay, so, at the moment. Oh, well, that's just, that's just peachy. That's not that. Oh, now you can hear me. Yes. Damn! <laughs> oh, let me that's back great. up. Let me back up. Okay. <laughs> no, no, okay. no, no, no. Okay, well, hold don't on. Don't screw with it. Yes, hold on a second. Again, I'm going to turn down, uh, I'm going to turn off the video feed to everybody, uh, for a couple of seconds so that I can take Bridget's voice down from 200% because that's what I had you at in order to hear you properly. Sorry. No. Last. That's all right. And video. Boom. There we go. So that works out. Congratulations. That would have been perfect for her to like drop the f bomb. Yeah, well, we'll see about that. Anyway, would have been a godly level f bomb. So, since we've got that, uh, would everybody like to uh, see about joining me for the uh, for the horrible scopes? Because Lord knows, now's about the right time. Let me. So I'm going third this time. Great. Okay. Um, you want to? Fine. You want to go yeah. third? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we'll uh, we'll go this way. Uh, <laughs> there you go. So that being the case, then uh, we'll uh, we'll kind of we'll kind of work this a little bit di- a little bit sort of inside out. So we'll uh, we'll roll it from here. So for those of you that are uh, looking for your horoscope for this week, you made it. If you know what your astrological sign is, cool. If you don't, roll a d12. It doesn't matter. We'll figure it out from here. Um, let me just, yeah, we'll, 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 well, let's see. If Aries, <laughs> was there something else you had to say? I was trying to figure out, depending as to which way we were going to go. You know what? Fine. Go ahead, start it off then, Joe. I figured I'd save you the trouble. Aries. You still remember the old Warner Brothers cartoon characters, but did you know that there were a, there was a literal 
character Bible to tell the writers how the characters behaved and that they threw it out the window and, uh, to make Space Jam. That's why you can't stand that movie. It's not just about Michael Jordan's crap acting. That true? Which part? Yeah. The the fact that they threw uh, that they had the character Bible? Yes. And they literally just that. said, nope. And that's why the guy that was in charge of Porky Pig back in the original days watched Space Jam for about 15 minutes and checked out. I don't remember if he actually walked out of the theater, but he basically said, I don't know what the hell you guys are doing. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. Yep. All right. So how about you go ahead and then, uh, and then Bridget will get. Okay. Taurus. <laughs> when I haven't done it all long, long time. A loved one may be butting their nose where it doesn't belong this week. The only saving grace is that they're a pet. Be mindful of your diet so you don't scare them. Sugar gliders are sensitive creatures. Gemini. God will tell you the meaning of your existence this week. Unless you're fluent in the Imsal dialect of Sumerian, you're not going to understand what's being said. You're going to feel like Ralph Hinckley. Got the super suit, but no instruction manual. Good luck. Some people are actually going to recognize that one. Cancer Moonchild, staying bundled under the covers this week has been interesting, hasn't it? Feeling all those blankets pressed down on you is comforting, isn't it? Waking up in the middle of the night having given yourself a Dutch oven isn't so much fun, though, is it? Remember that for your next sleepover date. Look, don't you shame me for the ways I keep warm. Yeah, just be careful where you light a cigarette after. That's a little <laughs> too close to home. You're up, Joseph. my turn. Okay, Leo. Your arrogance is almost as disgusting as your denial of being arrogant. Ask the same people in your circles if if you are, and watch them hesitate just before they answer. You'll have all the clues you'll need just to better understand yourself. Virgo. There is a post on Tumblr that starts off with, Every single odd number has an E in it. Someone followed that up by mentioning that 30 and 50 aren't spelled with the letter E. Someone else showed that 15 plus 15 is 30, and that 25 plus 25 equals 30, which just devolved from there. What you need to know this week, Virgo, is that the last thing said so far <laughs> is the last thing said so far. A kazoo has three holes, but a straw has one hole. Both kazoos and straws are physically odd. You know, on the topic of holes, your belly button was your first mouth. Libra! We tried to get you jobs for a long time, Libra. Maybe it's time to play to your strengths for a change. You like food, so how about being a comfort food chef? Craft dinner with Heinz ketchup, tomato soup with grilled cheese sandwich, and poutine. You might need to learn how to make the last one in the original... Quebecois? No. Did I say that right? Quebecois. Quebecois. Sorry. 
I never studied French. It's Greek to me, too. It was all Greek to me. Knew it was coming. By the way, if you're going to do the grilled cheese sandwich, you got to use Velveeta. Use Kraft American. You can do that, too, <laughs> but I prefer Velveeta. It's, 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 it's much better at burning the roof of your mouth. Scorpio, you're try- still trying to figure out Virgo's horrible scope, aren't you? You were never that good at 3D visualizations, so don't worry about it. Your outlook this week is all about two-dimensional thinking. Go watch Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan and try not to cry when Spock dies. Oh, spoilers! Shoot. Yeah, I hate I hate that. I hate that we have to still give a spoiler for a movie that's, you know, 30 years old. Actually, wait. 40? Oh, good lord, it's like 40 years old now. Yeah, it's like really old. God damn it! I am old. Whatever. It's over to me. Sagittarius. Sagittarius. You remember that time? You remember that time you got so drunk you ended up at your grandparents and thought the toilet was dressed for a wedding? And you were the groom? This is why you shouldn't go out drinking this week. The guilt of throwing up down the bride's back was bad once. Do you really want to go through that again? Joseph? Uh, Joseph? (laughs) Yeah, okay, I'm always doing that. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Oh, yes, Capricorn. Now I get to read my own sign. Oh, there you go. Uh, You have a quest this week, Capricorn. We need for you to find out if it's possible to make something akin to rock candy, but with maple syrup. Just remember to be very careful about using the stove. Burning maple syrup not only will set off your smoke detector, but you'll never get the smell out of your huts. Hmm. Ooh. The Aquarius. smoke detector is the song of my people. <laughs> Especially when I'm cooking bacon. <laughs> Aquarius. There's a joke to be made about 88 keys on a keyring being specifically for the music wing of your old high school. But I always felt like it would be a flat joke. Naturally, you're too sharp to use that joke. Just stick to para, uh, paradiddling in class. Pisces. Now that the snow has dumped on the country, you might as well bring your polar bear out of hiding and let her play in the yard. Plus, you have the advantage of her chasing the gas and electric meter readers away. Unless they're too slow. Then you'll pay less gas and electricity and bear food next month. So those are your horrible scopes for this week. Yes, there was a little bit of inspiration taken from Jack Benny this week. You're welcome. Always remember, look for the union labels. No backsies. You got what you paid for, in which case... 
you didn't pay for anything, so if you didn't like it, you can bribe us next time. Good luck. And I'll And some people are paying for stuff that they didn't get down in Texas. Yeah. Yeah, let's go ahead and, and open with that. Because holy fuck balls, Batman. I don't get this. Uh what was what was mentioned earlier that uh, that Felis had uh, mentioned was that some folks in Texas who have been able to get some power, and by some, I mean like four hours, maybe, over the course of uh, three, four, five days at this point, are looking at their power bill and finding out that it's stretching up into the $10,000 point for some reason. Which is all about capitalism saying, hey, you know, we've got a commodity, you want the commodity, so how about we go ahead and match the availability with how much you want, with how much we can charge for it, and we'll just work with the, the graph and find what that point is, and we'll just go ahead and charge it, uh, what, uh, what was it, uh, Felix said, $9,000 per kilowatt hour? And the average seasonal uh, price yeah, for this time of year down in Texas is normally $50 per kilowatt hour. It tells you something right there, doesn't it? I'm not even <laughs> sure they do that calculation. But I've No, never they had- don't. It, the, the, <laughs> apparently, according to some of the people who were on the phone with the company, the electric company, were told by agents on the phone of the electric company that – they should temporarily or at least uh, go looking elsewhere for electric service because wow. those numbers are automatically generated by a computerized uh, system running algorithms. So basically it's, they, they can't do that. You know, they can't change it. It's all automatic and that they should take their business elsewhere to possibly get a better price. Yeah, but that is the, the, the price, Joseph. It went, went, I mean, it went yeah, from it, it kilowatt hour. Yeah, from not fifty to nine thousand, and that's been cited in many sources. Okay. Lack of government regulation—that's how. Yep. Yeah, but well, you can't tell wondering. anybody that in Texas. I'm wondering about their their calculation as far as electricity goes. The the price, you know, um, logically, the more of a product you make. Uh, the cheaper it should be. But as far as electricity goes, yes, it does cost more to produce more. Well, this is price gouging and taking advantage of a horrible situation. Because we yeah, see the same thing here when we have hurricanes and they start selling, you know, like liter bottles of water for 20 or $30. And I agree with your statement that it's price gouging because this electric company could have easily had said, look, we understand what's going on is a fluke in terms of the computerized system generating these $9,000 dollar signs and that temporarily until the state of emergency is lifted and everything goes back to normal, we're going to manually nix the bill down to where it should be for the people. And they could have done that. They, they could have had a PR representative on, on the air on a radio station, on any kind of network whatsoever. News stations would have eat them up, you know, would have welcomed them with open arms. They could have made that statement, and they would have been the hero of the people. That electric company would have had people signing up 
overnight, even if they didn't have electric lines working, because that company would have shown that they actually gave a damn rather than telling them, well, if you don't like the price, you, you are going to have to go somewhere else. A lot of these people still don't have water either. Except, except, think, be, 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 just just before you get there, Joseph, except it, there are people from the uh, from the uh, electric company speaking to the people who gain money because they are in positions of authority in there. You know, stockholders, that kind of thing. Who have been told this is the greatest economic boom we've ever had because of exactly this situation. All yours. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I just wanted to say the algorithms are uh, price, price gouging algorithms because it can't be anything else because I mean you're going down a rabbit hole a bit but I mean when you know uh, the electricity requirement when the demand goes up well you're going to have to up your production right well and how, how do you do that automatically that's the production that's the whole thing and the biggest problem of it is, one of the ways of calculating it is, how much power is being produced, how much demand is there for it? You want to be able to get some of the very limited amount of power that we've got now? You get it at a premium. But you've got no way of knowing that it's at a premium while you're just turning on the heater in your house, hoping the hell that something's going to come on. Because you don't want your house to suddenly become a giant icicle or, you know, your, your, your partner to suddenly, you know, fall asleep and not wake up. Even that's kind of bullshit because I mean, when you sign up for an electricity service, like, is there some sort of clause in there where they exempt themselves from all responsibility being all my electrical appliances have a norm and I expect to get for the price I pay a certain amount of, uh, electricity uh you know I, you're talking I, about regulation yeah well, no i'm not talking about regulation i'm talking about getting what i paid for no no you're and you're quite right you're quite right but, but, but this also, is texas and this is also so basically they're not being able to provide that service in you know whatever the circumstance it's just uh it's not a measure of how expensive it should be it's a it's a measure of them just not doing their job and they're joseph just, it gets better here we go here we go how bad could it possibly be here we go these dumbass motherfuckers had 10 years to plan out for exactly this contingency because they had this happen 10 fucking years ago they decided it wasn't something that was worth investing in because when the hell is it ever going to freeze in texas again because of this hold on because of this there is no running water there is an incredibly difficult amount of 
infrastructure to be able to get people around. There is no way of getting houses heated. And the way that people have been trying to heat their houses has been dangerous at best and has started to cause fires. The the problem is there is no power. There is no flowing water, which means that even if the goddamn fire department gets there, and they have, they do not have nearly enough water in the trucks to put stuff out, so all they can do is just go there and watch houses burn. And it is entirely on the heads of these greedy avarice motherfuckers who decided that it wasn't worth investing in cold parkas for their wind energy, which, by the way, only accounts for maybe 15% of the entire production of power. I'm done. They didn't even winterize their gas and their nuclear shit. They didn't winterize anything. Do you see the irony in this? Because they're thinking probably 10 years ago. Now, I'm not a mind reader, but I mean, um, uh, I'm sure somewhere in there, there was a discussion about, you know, oh, yeah, well, what are the chances of this happening? You know, the temperature. And it was one in 100. Yeah, but at the same time, <clears throat> they're counting on global warming so that it won't happen again. At the same time as they deny it, or they count on deniers of it too. You know what's not? But the thing about global warming is it causes extremes, not just hot but cold, and that's what happened. Is the jet stream what pushed warm air up towards um, the Arctic, and they've actually got melting season going on up there early. It started three days ago. Melting season is not for another six weeks. And there was warm air pushed up that way, and it forced a polar vortex way down to the border of Mexico. And this will happen again and again. Well, no, only for a certain amount of time. Because, I mean, this this, uh, destabilization, it's only temporary. Because until now, for at least the last 10,000 years, the... The poles were our, basically our air conditioners. And, you know, the cold air would stay up there and, uh, well, you know, and the warm air would stay around the, the equator. But right. as, as the poles get warmer, um, well, more and more stuff from up there is going to come down. Right. And once it gets here, uh, and warms up, there's no going back. Climate change is I mean, not real. And I and mean, the jet stream is still the, fucked up, but it's going to remain fucked up. This this destabilization period, it's going to continue as long as the uh, the poles continue melting. But once they're gone, um, well, it's game over. I'm not game over, but I mean... No, we got um, you. Yeah, from then on, we're going to be pretty solidly hot. Yep. Don't forget... The, these, the people in charge, not necessarily all the people in the state, not necessarily the residents, but the people in charge and the people who do keep getting reelected for one reason or not, uh, won't go into that because that's another rabbit hole, have repeated the, – these people brought in history books that talked about Moses being the inspiration behind the Constitution. 
These are people who lead the charge that climate change is not real. That, uh, you know, um, just like Rush Limbaugh talked about how, you know, the virus was a democratic uh, hoax, hoax, whatever, Uh, whatever the words were. Um, But that, you know, don't pay attention to it. Continue as usual that they put, uh, uh, you know, they emphasize to the people you should be uh, spending more time praying than worrying about science. And they focus on uh, advertising themselves as less government that, you know, vote for us and we'll keep the government out of your business. Well, this is what happens when you keep the government out of your business, when the government's job is supposed to be, as Ted Cruz learned, paying attention to the people and helping them out when they need help to lead them. Well, to add insult to injury, when FEMA brought, you know, shit Wednesday. You know, diesel generators, blankets, all of that. Yeah, I, re- I heard about this. The, it was great. That on the fucking tarmac because the government couldn't get their shit together to distribute the stuff. Yeah, and it wasn't until it was announced to uh, uh, the public that generators had been sent to help out those without electricity that local government figures decided, oh, uh, the people are upset about this. Maybe we should actually be helping the people. Well, actually, isn't the government supposed to be the people? Well, yeah. I'm talking about the local government. They're not doing shit. Well, even at so, that level. I've been in talks online with some people from different countries, and they all say the same thing. When they think of the United States, they don't think of it as we here in the U.S. think of it, at least those of us who have some logic and reasoning. Here in the U.S., each state is basically its own country that agrees on a certain set of rules and regulations to work together. But states have rights to, in some cases, not work together, uh, depending on what the topic piece is. So Texas doesn't want to be part of the main emergency grid infrastructure system. Because it costs money, it costs taxpayers money, all that other stuff. And it goes into that whole spiel of, well, you know, we're, we're looking out for you. Less government in, in your business. I'd like to but see some government in your business is a good thing because it helps you out when you need it most. It's planning ahead. And because they don't have that kind of setup, what, connection, what connectivity they do to have for emergency power and such is a trickle compared to what other states have in terms of agreements with each other. And it's, it's, it's horrible. It's, it's absolutely uh, deplorable. And because of that, people, um, there's one woman's blog that I follow. She's a cancer, uh, survivor whose uh, cancer came back. She's back into treatment. And if you're a cancer patient receiving treatment, the last thing you need to be is in a freezing house. You're supposed to be in a controlled environment at that point. So she went three and a half days, no power. Because her medical bills are so high that she could afford a hotel anywhere that had power. Yeah, there's some pre- some price gouging that's been happening with uh, with hotels too. As an uh, as an aside, there's two pieces. Uh, one one of the folks that we had on the show uh, a long a long time ago now, Aaron Ra, he had a has. A bearded dragon. For those of you that are at all familiar with the, uh, 
with the uh, the cute little pets. Adorable. Yeah, it's not a sex toy. Adorable little thing. Because there is no heat, he was literally keeping the damn bearded dragon in his shirt on his chest to keep it from freezing. Because Just so people are aware, bearded dragons are lizards. They're reptiles. Yeah. And reptiles are cold-blooded. They don't generate body heat the way humans do or mammals do. So even if you feed a reptile lots of food, that's not going to raise their body temperature enough to save their life. You have to have an outside heat source. So what he did is what a loving, caring pet owner does. Yeah. Speaking of which, by the way, uh, just just really quickly, remember I mentioned about uh, Ted fucking Cruz? Yeah. He... When he went down to Cancun, apparently with his family, left the family pet dog behind. You fuck. Oh, Here's in a, a house without power. Yeah. So yep. he was going to spend the week there. So yep. gone. Here's I'm sure a, he has people. Uh, somebody with his uh, maybe. Income, I'm sure he. But well, see, the problem of it is. We would assume that, but we would also assume someone in elected office wouldn't skip town in the middle of a fucking emergency either. Yeah, that's the base of it. Here's the question on the floor at this point. When we had a lawyer on with us one night, we went ahead and we talked about the possibility of conspiracies being able to be a thing. You're probably wondering where I'm going with this. Here's where I'm going with this. This situation was the same type of thing as the Ford Pinto and the explosion equation. They went and figured out how much money is it going to cost us after to winterize all this stuff. Why should we bother? It's not going to happen again, and it's not going to be this bad again. So we'll just roll the bones and everything will be fine. Except for one small problem. You got snake eyes. Did you own one of those? No. No. My first car was a 77 Ford Granada. Lovingly known as the Grenade. Because it was a piece of shit. Yeah, but, I'm not one to talk because I've never, uh, I haven't had my driver's license since I was 17. It's okay. 18. It's okay. All right. But really, can anybody think about this in any other term? They went ahead, they said, how much is it really going to cost us? Why should we bother? We shouldn't even bother investing in this. And then suddenly, here it is. Everything's frozen solid. Are you sure conspiracy is the right word? I mean, no, for it's me, not conspiracy. It, it comes down to just a bunch. For me, it always comes down to the shareholders. Because I mean, even the CEO of a company, it's, it's almost meaningless nowadays because it all comes down to the shareholders wanting their is sitting there at the table expecting their their returns. 
and that's it. And, yeah. And if the if they don't get the returns, then well, they change the CEO, they change the front the the frontman, whoever um, is presenting themselves as a leader. Well, they go on in the background, uh, basically anonymous. Yeah, I don't I don't think that I can properly Talking call about it the shareholders. Yeah, I, I don't think that I can properly call it a conspiracy. At least not in the traditional sense. The idea of we'll just go ahead and we'll not bother investing because we, what, what are the odds? You know, what's the worst that could happen? And, and that's the thing. They use those excuses. Um, if you've ever listened to or, or read any of the books about Richard Feynman, he talks about the investigation into the shuttle explosion, yeah. right? Um, yeah. They even did a movie on television about it. Um, it was on a commission, no? Yes. Well, yes, he was. And the thing is, is that when it comes to bureaucracies, anything that isn't good isn't good. But if it's not good, other people shouldn't know about that. And if it's expensive to fix, well, maybe we should just we should try to spend more time seeing if we could ignore it or get around it than to actually fix it because you know fixing is expensive. And the problem with that mentality is by the time they get done doing all that stuff, they've actually spent wasted more money than just fixing the damn thing and acknowledging the screw up. There's a difference between conspiracy and incompetence, but it's it's even more macabre than that because I mean if you're a company okay and you made like uh, I don't know 300% profit the year before so theoretically you should have a reserve to cover for that kind of thing theoretically, theoretically but yeah but you know that's it's it's not even in the equation no I mean no it's not how much more can we take is the only thing in the equation. The only answer to that has always been all of it. And more. How much more can we take? It's like it's like we're in a kind of a squeeze them till they scream system. Yeah. That's and that's exactly what's going on. That's how they determine the profit margins. I mean, going back again to, um, like, for example, like the internet prices in, in North America. Like, my parents are paying... Five times as, no, more. Yeah, five times as much as I am for half the service. And the only thing, the infrastructure is actually the North American infrastructure is not even as good as North American, uh, as European infrastructure. But, you know, it costs less to maintain and install, so to speak. Um, yeah, so like, you know, the overhead costs are where all the costs are for a company. The maintenance is, uh, but anyways, without getting into the details, you see where I'm going. Oh, sure. Basically, they, they charge the price they do because they're not losing customers. They go as high as they can. And then when customers stop to drop off, then they go back down. It's like, it's like an ongoing, it's almost like a pain measurement. <laughs> Well, a good portion of that here in North America, in 
the U.S., I should say very specifically, is that you've got you've got groups who give these particular types of services, cable television, for example, telecommunications, phones, traditionally hardwire phones. Just bear with me a second. Um, internet service, which now is far and away more cable than it is plain old dial-up. You know, but fiber yet? Where I live, I'm, I'm way, I'm way the fuck too far out for that. I've, I've looked just to see. About <clears throat> it. However, in these areas, there is a, I don't know what the right term is exactly for it, but basically there is an allowed monopoly. <laughs> and if you want, for for example, if you wanted to get telephone, hardline telephone from some, from, uh, you know, for your house, you would go through, well, the hardline actually goes through, uh, Verizon the last time I checked. And then the hookup is electronically billed to whoever it is that you want your service to actually be billed through, which is stupid. But if you wanted cable television, you go through whatever company takes care of your region, your area. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's that's what we have in Indiana, except it's county by county. And, and sometimes county, it's uh, city by city. Well, ours is county by county. Um, and, you know, we have... Like we have WOW here and other places have theirs through, I think it's uh, the one that Time Warner owns. Yeah, Can't Spectrum. the name of it. Spectrum. And so it's just by, it's county by county and only one of them are allowed to operate, you know, per county. So we have monopolies in the state too. Yeah. So even if it was a matter of that, you were, you had, you know, shit service. Who are you going to go to? Right. If it, if it was for me, I, I I don't really see the sense in this because I mean, um, if if I had it my way, you know, everything that um, I'd almost like to redefine what a country is because I mean, you know, we're all in this together. Is basically what it is. So I think. I'd like to um, be able to communicate with my fellow human. You know, if I'm I'm living in this country, um, I can accept that uh, I have to pay for the infrastructure. So basically, I'd like to be able to talk to whoever I want, whenever I want, wherever I want, you know, in my own country. And I'd be willing to pay for that. And, uh, but instead of... Uh, facilitating that that kind of you know installation of that kind of infrastructure that i would pay for which means again government um <clears throat> well you've got these companies that are actually more obstacles than anything else to me communicating or me traveling i mean look at the state of the roads um and bridges and all that oh by the way has the biden government done anything to fix that yet 
Uh, let's see. He's been in office for uh, just over a month. I think there are bigger fish to fry at the moment, but um, there are other things that are pissing us off. But that's whole. He did have an election plan, no? I mean, uh, he had promises he made. Yeah, and Pete Pete Buttigieg, you know, he was just confirmed a couple of weeks ago. And it's going to take time for him to get plans and things like that out. And, you know, he has to do surveys and see where the need is the greatest and things like that. But, you know, he actually will do a good job with this. He did a really good job with South Bend. And, you know, even though it was a, a smaller town and all that, um, you know, he'll he'll figure things out. And I think that they will invest the money in infrastructure. They know that it's needed. It will create jobs. And, you know, it's just going to take time for them to do some planning and figure out where to start. Because so much needs to be done in so many places. Yeah. And but he's that. got a good person in there, you know, to to get to make this happen. Pete is sharp. And, you know, I, I will personally vouch for him. Um, you know, I first met him back in, I don't remember if it was 2008, 2010, when he was still a kid. You know, I, I think of a 26-year-old as, as being young. That's right. He and still owes you a, he still owes you a drink, he's didn't he? He still owes me a margarita next time I'm in his area. And last time I messaged him, he said, you know, it, it still holds. <laughs> so, but I don't want to have to go to D.C. to get it. But I think he's coming back on the weekends. It's it's about a five-hour trip up there um, to South Bend. But, you know, I, I will vouch for him being very, very organized and methodical. And he, he, he knows what he's doing. He, he will get it done. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I was just thinking, uh, I don't know how much a margarita should cost, but if I were to send you the money for margarita, you think that you could uh, invite him to come on the show in lieu of getting you a drink? I don't know. I had talked to him at one point about... I didn't think it would work. ...about going on another show because they were looking for someone who was well-versed in economics and things like that, and... Yeah, that is what one of his degrees is in. He went to school at Oxford to learn economics. Um, Good. But this was before he announced he was going to run. And I think he didn't want any, you know, chance of, of being, you know, getting bad publicity or anything like that. I had a feeling he was going to run and I wasn't sure. And he was kind of like, eh, no, when I asked him. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, I can still get in touch with him on Facebook, and he does respond to messages from me, but I don't think he will come on the show, to be honest. That's all right. Um, I figured that I would just kind of open up. For those of you that uh, that don't know about it, over here in the U.S., we do have uh, the National Weather Service which in the U.S. is actually weather.gov. I know a whole bunch of other uh, countries have got their own thing, and it's entirely possible to, you know, instead accidentally type in weather.com or, you know, something like that, which is a totally different entity. Uh, but, They're fair um, bonkers. Um, who are you referring to? Weather.com. The Weather Channel. Yeah. Yeah. They are. 
Yeah. They're trying to, you know, keep you, keep you there for hours and hours. And yeah. Just. Yeah. There is, uh, there is one thing that uh, I, I very much do like about the setup for, uh, for the U.S. Uh, weather service is that amongst the other things that you are able to get views of, you can get views of, you know, whatever's going on with radar and such, but you can also get the satellite imagery. And, oh, mama, you take a look at the weather imagery for North America right now. Holy shit. I mean, if ever you wanted to go ahead and, and make the joke about, well, you know, hell's frozen over, you know, hell, Michigan, yeah, hell, Michigan's got nothing on all the stuff that's going on right now. There is a, uh, there is, there is a story that uh, came across one of my, uh, one of my social media things. I think it was 1997. It could be wrong. Where there was a hellacious ice storm that, you know, cut out power like crazy and up over around Montreal. One of the things that they did in order to get power to the area, they took a diesel electric train. They detracked it. They literally took it off of the rail tracks put it onto new ones that they temporarily laid down the middle of a road into a town and hooked that motherfucker up to the power grid because a diesel electric train is basically just a giant diesel generator. And they powered the area while neighboring counties and upstate New York were without power because nobody was thinking outside the box. And somebody had also pointed out, you know, if you get, uh, if, if you've got an area where there's, you know, some place that's, oh, I don't know, you know, with a port with water, you could get some of those nuclear powered submarines and ramp up their power output and dump it into the local power grid right off of the water. And of course, you have lots of people who are going to claim, oh, well, by people, I mean people who are opposed to the idea. Well, you know, the infrastructure is not designed to handle that. No, it's not. And that's why you do it, because you can make it do it. The thing is, is that the infrastructure can handle a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And when you have the people in place who have the knowledge and the ability to get it done, it gets done. The problem is, is it costs money. Well, wait a minute. That's not technically a problem if everybody contributes a little bit from the bottom line. I don't have problems paying taxes for that. Oh, we're talking about Texas. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I know in Arkansas, we lost our power one time for about three weeks um, due to an ice storm. You know, we still had water and we still had gas. And at least we had a gas fireplace that we could huddle in front of. But, yeah, they lost power all over the whole city. You know, this was Little Rock. And 
you know, it, it really wasn't their fault. It's just we got hit with such a huge ice storm and all of their electricity is power lines. And it just, you know, tore all the power lines in the city down. And so nobody had electricity. I mean, none. So you couldn't go to a hotel or anything like that. And it took weeks to get the power lines, you know, fixed. And they had to bring in people from Louisiana and other neighboring states to get it done. Felix has pointed out, uh, aircraft carriers are already set up that way, Shu. You know, at this point, any of the nuclear-powered military vessels could conceivably do exactly this. But, you know, be that as it may. Um, And I had pointed out, 1985, Hurricane Gloria came through. I'll, I'll say it this way. Fucking wrecked the power infrastructure in the New York City, Long Island area. And reminding you, I was 16 years old at that point, and we did not have power for 11 days from the end of September to the beginning of October. Now, I want to remind you, at this point of the season, it's not freezing by any stretch of the imagination. But on Long Island, it was incredibly rare to have someone using natural gas for a stovetop. It was it was very, very rare. Nobody had basements because the water table was simply, you know, th- there was no way to do that. Mm-hmm. Everything was electrical. But in my house, we had for heat oil, which meant sure you can burn oil, but you've got no way of initiating it because it's an electric spark and you've got right. no way of blowing it because it's an electric blower. And there was no way to cook anything in our house because everything was electric which meant the only way that we were able to cook food for the better part of 10 days was with a Coleman stove that you'd otherwise take camping with you and thinking very carefully about what you wanted to get out of the big heavy freezer that had, you know, all the venison meat from the previous year where grandpa had gone hunting and hope, really hope, that nothing ended up, you know, gone in that time. And we still ended up throwing out a lot of food. And that was Long Island. The president of the electrical company, Lilco, at the time, was on vacation and wasn't going to come back because he figured everything was going to be okay. And then the news reports hit. And he hightailed his ass back to Long Island. That was the start of when the people started looking into buying out Lilco and converting it to a new company with new leadership and new overhead. The following Hurricane seasons, that president 
was not on vacation when there was a hurricane coming up the coast. He cut short one to make sure that he was on hand when it hit. Again, you know, it, it, it's not freezing weather, but the responsibility at least was recognized. And now what is there that's, that's, what is it that's pushing it all? Yet again, it's all about we're the great state of Texas. We'll go it ourselves and we'll go ahead and make sure that everything. Oh, uh, could, 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 could we have some help, please? Fuck you. And the worst part of it is by saying that people are going to go ahead and think that I'm saying that we don't care about the people themselves when we most assuredly do. We care about We're the saying people. saying F you to the politicians. Absolutely. Not the people. We care for every last man, woman, child, other, all the way down to the bearded goddamn dragons. Okay? And the houses that are just being allowed to burn because there's nothing they can do about it. And the people well, dying from carbon monoxide because... That's all they can do to try to hate themselves. And the worst part is, um, people don't think. I mean, that, that, that's a global statement that's true in every sense of the word. But the ones who are getting desperate enough that, hey, I've got a fireplace. I got this wooden chair. I'm just going to break it into pieces, throw it in there. I don't need to sit on a chair. I, I've got a couch, but I need heat. And they don't think about, the fact that a lot of today's furniture has uh, synthetic material in it that gives off worse than carbon dioxide, as well as some materials are actually designed, uh, they're impregnated with chemicals to impede burning, and that when you prolongly expose these chemicals to heat and the thing does eventually catch fire, the chemicals become airborne and they themselves make toxic gas as well. So all, all in all, you know, it's double jeopardy, bad daytime. Damned if so you do, damned if you don't. So basically on one side, you've got people in a state of ignorance about, you know, how physics works. And on the other hand, on the other end of the spectrum, you've got politicians not hiring what they were hired to do. Great scenario. Well, and, you know, the thing that you have to think about, too, is, you know, it's like, do you take a chance and, and die from fumes or do you die from hypothermia? And as far as drinking water, I mean, water is a necessity and they're telling people to get snow and melt it. But how do you melt it if you don't have any fucking electricity? And it's below freezing. How, do, how does that work? And the amount of water you get from the volume of snow you need to get it just like a decent quantity of water, it's pretty amazing. And then there are the people who are going to think, you know, maybe I can just, you know, just eat the snow directly in order to, you know, get the water that I need, not realizing that that actually sets up a really bad feedback loop of your body needs to expend energy in order to melt that snow into water, which 
then drives up the amount of calories that you need to replace it, but you've got no food to replace it with because, well, there's kind of like, what, what are you going to do? You're going to get cans of, of, of Chef Boyardee if you're lucky. Yeah. That's when we had our ice storm. That's what we did was you know, eat cold food out of cans because we had nowhere to cook. Yeah. It's and one of the few times where I can actually say that is actually one of the few good reasons for eating Chef Boyardee. It will keep you alive in the middle of a fucking emergency where there's no heat. And and we were very glad that we had a manual can opener and not an electrical one. And, and I, I want to point out that uh, when you point some of this out to people, when you point the f- facts out to them, the level that it hits them at and the response to that becomes very hard for them to accept. Um, and they're like, well, what do you expect me to do? You know, I'm just going to do this thing because I can't think my way out of this, or I, I'm not prepared for this. Or I've never done that before. Huh? I've never done that before. It's outside yeah, exactly. of my fucking habits. It's all, it all comes down to, like, reactionary. You're breaking my bubble. And... People are not used to having to, if you ask somebody who's still alive, who went through like depression era stuff, you know, who was a kid at the time, they might actually have a second refrigerator or a second freezer. Why? Because there might be a week that steak is on sale at a low, low price. And they don't know, you know, in, in a time where food was hard to get or money was hard to come by. You know, if something went on sale one day, it might not be available the next. And if you didn't know something was going to be available the next, it was on sale. You got a couple things in bulk and you weren't like prepper, prepper level, prepper crazy stuff, but you were kind of in between the two. And so like case in point for myself, when the toilet paper craze was going on at the start of the pandemic, I'm sitting back going, Hey, you know, I'm going to keep doing the normal thing. And if I can pick up a roll of paper, you know, a little package of toilet paper at the grocery store when I'm there, I'll do it. But I'm not going out much anyway because I keep a supply, a ready supply of toilet paper in my basement that I cycle through because sometimes I don't go shopping if I don't need to. And I don't want toilet paper to be the reason I have to go to the grocery store, you know? So there are some things you can keep in bulk and you know you're going to use you know they don't spoil like i have cleaning chemicals and stuff so when clorox wipes you couldn't get them i still had plenty you know because when i use up a container i have another one ready to go but then i go to the store and and buy one to replace the one i just used so i always have an extra spare like a spare tire in your car instead of people whereas other people drive around with one spare i have two Stephanie? Okay, St- Stephanie and I had, had uh, kind of dealt with a piece which uh, one, one of the suggestions was uh, heat rocks outside and then bring them indoors in order to, you know, try to try to warm up a house a little bit, which for me, it, it in a situation like this, is kind of hard to for me to think of how people would safely move stuff around like that. But yeah, it, generally speaking, if you've got the 
stuff to make the fire. You've probably got what you need for moving stuff around safely without, you know, burning your hands like you try to grab the top of the staff from Raiders of the Lost Ark. But th- th- that is really, really funny. Stephanie had put, I have already read about a LARPing survivalist. Can you hear the, the air quotes there? Who did not have as much as a manual can opener. Be still my beating heart. I wear this on my hip. It's my Leatherman. There you go. Yeah. That has a can opener. I, I, there, there's like, 12, 13 tools on here. I know how to use every single one of them to build a fire, to open a can, and um, believe it or not, with the owl, the, the threaded owl punch in here, actually how to piece take a piece of uh, very strong string and punch it through a piece of cloth or leather um, or tarp, you know, to stitch it together. But I don't need to do this on a daily basis, but I took the time to learn how on the off chance that Hey, I need to know how to do it. Um, what, what, what did an you all, say? Not owl, not an owl, an all. Sorry. Okay, okay. You, you had me worried there for A-W-L. a couple seconds. A W L all. As as someone that's had to work with it for leatherworking, yeah. I, I was a little concerned yeah. there for a moment. Yeah, but the the simple fact is, you know, you might ha- need a tarp and you might need to stake it down. And it doesn't have a hole in the end. You can put a piece of heavy duty string through the hole in the center, punch it through. Boom. You've threaded it. Have a nice day. Little things like that. Uh, little things that make your life easier. You know, if you have a tool, learn how to use it. The problem is, is I've met a lot of people that other than the plier and the knife don't know how to use the rest of the tools that are on here. <laughs> and yes, I have actually come across people that have, uh, a leatherman that have never uh, used the wood saw part of it. They didn't know what it was for. Uh, they, you know, they just thought it was a nice tool. They had a nice blade on it, had a pair of pliers. That's all they bought it for. It was like, dude, there are so many cheaper things you could buy that have just a blade and a pair of pliers. Could have saved yourself a lot of money. Yeah, there's that. I'm trying to look up information as far as to what's going on right now, uh, and I'm 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 getting. You know, there is one thing that's pissing me off, and we got a power of ten. Ted Cruz, fuck you! You're not a good dad. And this is why I say it: when he got in front of the press, he said that he was trying to be a good dad to his kids. That you know everybody was having a hard time, you know, over the past week or pandemic, past year, and all that stuff. It's like, dude, I guarantee your kids did not have it as hard as almost any other kid in the U.S. Sorry, not sorry, fuck you. Not only that, you were trying to do right by your kids? Bullshit. If you had been a good dad, what you would have done is when they had asked to go someplace for that week, you would have said, look, I understand, you know, we were without power, we've got problems. But my job is to make sure that I take care of people right now 
who are going through the same thing that we are, that don't have the privilege to have backup generators or to have all this wonderful food that we have in the house or to have any of these things. So if you want, you know, we'll look to see what you can do to help out other people. If you really want something to do, you can work around the house and do some stuff around the house, you know, help cover up the windows and doors that don't need to be open to help keep some of the cold out. He could have been teaching them, using it as a teaching moment. Instead, he taught them that because you're rich, because you're privileged, you don't have to face the same problems as everybody else. You're elite. That's what he taught them. So fuck you, Cruz. You're not a good dad. Why would he have to go down there anyway? Because his wife Heidi went with the kids. So it's a bullshit excuse. Mm-hmm. And I'm not buying it for a second. Yep. And I looked at the pictures that they showed on television of him going through the airport. And you can see at one point the look on his face when he realizes they're taking a lot of pictures. His look says it all in his eyes and on his expression on his face, even though he's wearing a mask. There's this realization of, I'm doing something that's going to come back to haunt me, aren't I? Yep. And they don't have yeah. uh, Trump to knock him out of the news cycle because he's not getting a lot of attention these days. And then who yep. is getting the attention? Beto. Doing his thing, making the phone calls. AOC. Doing her thing, getting the phone calls, getting money, getting donations. Okay. What was it? They, they uh, She announced... She announced that she was doing the thing, and they ended up with a uh, million dollars. I think it was pledged inside Something of four like hours. Yeah, and now you've got people like you know Bobert and Green and um, Don Jr. and all these other people are like, well, they're just doing it for publi- for you know publicity to make us look bad. You know <laughs> what? You make yourselves there, look bad. I thought of a selfish scenario. Where I wouldn't begrudge Ted Cruz, um, what a part of what he did if it had turned out that he had escorted his family to the airplane, saw them off, came back, and when people asked him why did he fly his, his family out, you know, in the middle of a, a thing when they could have been, you know, helping or whatever, was, and him coming around and saying, "Oh, look, um, I understand how it looks." But really, if I don't have to worry about my family right now, I can focus entirely on you guys. If my, and I, as a family man, I know that if my family is stuck home in a house with no electricity, no matter what my job is, that's always going to be on my mind. They're with friends. They're with someplace else. I don't have to worry about them right now. I can focus a hundred percent on everyone that I need to focus on here in Texas. He could have done that. And I probably would have been, yeah, that was a bit selfish, but at least you're focusing on the people right now. You removed the distraction. You admitted it, you, and, and you're moving forward. And then uh, have gone forward and focused on the people. I would not have begrudged him that, and it would have been hard to use that against him in a future political campaign. But, yeah, he he, he shot himself in the foot twice with this one. And any politician that scores up is going to get noticed now because, I mean, there's no distraction from Trump anymore. And yeah, the last thing I thought in the news about Trump was he got he took a picture in his golf attire with the couple at Mar-a-Lago. That that was it. <laughs> no, 
But that was a slow news day. Uh, it was great. But the thing that was for me, especially more just really, dude, really. When he came back on a hastily booked flight, he requested police escort to bring him back. Yep, because he knew he was in trouble. Question. Does anybody know what the current CDC guidelines are as far as to how long people should be isolating after international travel? Uh, Ten days to two weeks? it's it's going to change now um with the uk variant that we have now um and the reason on that is because that happens to keep you contagious longer um right now they're saying that after you show symptoms that you know or think you might have been exposed you need to quarantine for 10 days however with this variant now you're asymptomatic well you're you can be a pre-symptomatic carrier for up to five days and it takes about 13 days for you to start, you know, clearing the virus. And so that's going to end up upping the recommendations to, I would say, 15 days or longer. They they know this now, and so they're going to be updating their guidance. And, and there is literature you know, now to show how long it's it's contagious and how long you're infectious for. So thank you, UK, for the data. If this had been managed correctly from the get-go a fucking year ago, this thing would have been gone. Yeah, Australia managed it. New New Zealand Zealand managed it. (laughs) Well, New Zealand's a lot smaller, but Australia did it. Um, I don't think it would have been gone. I think it would have, I, I think the death toll would have been drastically lower. I think, uh, potentially we might've been able to make a little bit better progress on vaccinations and not just, not necessarily discovering to make them, but on production and dis- distribution. Um, I think we would have been, um, better on our, Medical supplies, if the government had come in and said, yep, we're instituting, uh, I forget the name of the act now, whatever the hell it is that they have, and we promise to buy this much, this, 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 you guys make this, you guys make this, you guys make this, we want a million of these, 100,000 of these, 500,000 of these, yada, 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 the, the, you know, the defense stuff that they do, um, with the companies for production of, of items, materials, components, uh, whatever it's needed, um, just, Stuff that we can do in the in an event of a national emergency. Ooh, I'm um, going to disagree with you there, Tech, and and this is why. Um, but we didn't do it. But Australia didn't have to do all that either. They just made everybody mask up. They enforced the social distancing. They put hefty fines on people for not complying, and they forced people coming into their countries um, to go into quarantine for two weeks. And so their life, you know, is, is now back to normal. And the thing with this, you know, with any of these variants is if you have people mask up and you have them socially distanced, this thing has to have a host to replicate, period. And the more people it infects and the more it replicates, the more the chances for mutations that are going to make it evade any immunity that you have. 
without a host, it dies out. And I get that. The problem that we have is that uh, even if the U.S. did all the right things, the variant uh, didn't originate. Some of the variants didn't originate here in the U.S. And they may have some of them did. California has their own unique variant now. So does Ohio. And what's the other state that I read that has their own variant? There's three of them. Yeah, I can't remember. They nicknamed it the Midwest variant, which is different from the one that was founded in Columbus, Ohio, which is different from one that hit South South California. Um, But they all share this new nicknamed Eek mutation on there, which is the same mutation the one from South Africa has, but they're not from the same source. They developed... um, you know, independent of one another. And that is the mutation that they're worried about that is evading some of the new, uh, some of the vaccines. Basically, it's whack-a-mole. But uh, what what's to retain from all that is the, well, like Bridget said, the the behavior pattern or the, the pattern that, uh, you know, the more it propagates, the more it's going to mutate. If it had been a matter of Everybody stop doing what you're doing. Everybody stop. Go home. Stay home. We will pay you to stay home. We will pay companies to stay open to service you in whatever way that we can make that have happen. We will prevent banks from foreclosing. We will stop processing people for being kicked out of apartments we will get people what they need in order to just keep away from each other for a while. Yeah. If Taiwan could do it, if South Korea could do it, if, if Australia Zealand, could do it, New Zealand, we could have done it. This could have been done in three months. Yep. And sorry to go back to, you know, again, uh, it comes down to these fucking shareholders, these anonymous guys just sitting there at the table, because you know <clears throat> they're there. Well, if um, there's less people going out shopping and restaurants and all that, um, you know, if there's less people buying our product, then uh, yeah, we're gonna profit margin. So you know, it's everywhere in the world, it's a balance between <clears throat> the risk there is. Um, for 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 everybody uh, being out there, and also the risk to the economy. Because, um, it's basically it's the economy against people's lives, and that's the piece that I don't argue with. When I heard the whole argument, when I heard the the fear mongering about this is going to be damaging to the economy. The first thing that was coming to me when I was hearing how many people were coming down with this, with how many people were starting to die on a daily basis, the only thing that I could think of, because I had to deal with this myself, was the economy that you're now promoting are funeral homes. Which are overcapacity. And... 
And there's uh, crematoriums, pollution. which are over capacity as well. Yeah. And there's air pollution now in California and Oregon because of all the cremations that are going on. New York fucking city had to create mass grave sites with power equipment. And when they had the first 15 cases here, they could have closed down everything, quarantined those people, and like you said, paid people to stay at home. Instead of giving all of this money to these huge mega corporations that didn't need it, and not giving the money to the small businesses like they were supposed to, and they should have given money to, you know, the to to people because it's the lower middle class that keeps the economy going by spending their money on necessities. The people who are ultra wealthy do nothing for the economy. They increase their wealth, they offshore the money, and they do not create jobs. Actually, the money that they were given to create jobs, they took that money and let people off. Yep. And and they're, they're, the excuse before they did that was to get to, to get the money was, well, if you give us all this money, we're going to make sure it gets funneled back into the economy. No, no, you're, you're confusing your savings account with the economy. Your savings account is not the economy. And you can add into that factor, the, the, the way they, they count the, the health of the economy in the U S is, um, you know, they take, the GDP of the country and they divide it evenly between all its habitants. But how many of those people actually see that money? As far as I'm concerned, as soon as it gets into the, the corporate coffers, uh, as soon as money gets into the corporate coffers it, it, or whoever the shareholders are there in, um, it's gone from the economy. It shouldn't yeah, it even be accounted by, uh, for in the economy. Yeah, somebody had uh, somebody had likened these people, these these multi-million and billionaires, as dragons, simply sitting on their hoarded wealth. Yep. Nothing gets done with it; they just sit on it. That's that's that's, that's all they got. That's giving dragons is giving them too much credit. Agreed. You, you, yeah, they they insult the name dragon. Yeah. <laughs> Dragons are cool. Dragons are known to, to, to hoard gold, not to uh, not to destroy entire uh, countries. Well, it depends on which lore you look at. Some dra- in, in some lore, dragons are actually wise. Now, they do help the economy. I mean, in all fairness, they do help the economy in New Zealand. A lot yeah, because these, it's in their best interest, and they've recognized that. A lot of these billionaires have bought properties in New Zealand because they know that that's going to be one of the best places to be, Tasmania and New Zealand, when the economy goes to all the hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was yeah, about well, to say, wouldn't uh, wouldn't one of the best places to be to be like smack dab in the middle of the uh, the outback where? Everybody's got to try to fight through all the fauna and flora to get to you first. And then I thought, yeah, but that would mean that you'd have to, you know, 
have your own power generation, which means you'd need a solar panels. And who wants to be bothered with that bullshit again? Holy well, shit. when society, actually... it's not going to be a good place to be. Uh, it's going to be too hot. I mean, yeah, you've got places hard. in India now where people are having to migrate because the wet bulb temperatures are so high that it's not conducive to life if you're outside for any length of time. Joseph, you're trying to get in here. Go ahead. Oh, no, I just wanted to make a comment. It would be like, just like, you know, holy shit, people actually have to learn to be responsible for themselves. <laughs> Quelle horreur. See, and that's the thing that hurts the most for me. The idea that people do need to be taking care of themselves. They do need to be thinking for themselves. They need to be figuring out how to properly, you know, do what's needed for themselves. And so few actually think in the terms of, okay, I've got enough that I'm safe. How can I help somebody else to get closer to safe as well? Well, and the the thing about self-sufficiency in this country with the regulations and some of the laws, it's not even possible. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, like gathering rainwater in some places is illegal. That's stealing water. When I lived in New York, um, they had laws that if you were to water your plants or water your lawn during a drought, uh, you could get fined, even arrested. Uh, yeah, but that's, yeah, but what I'm talking about is like if you gather rainwater for your own use, it's illegal. Right, right. And uh, if you plant that. and if you plant gardens in your front yard to try to, you know, grow food to eat, that's illegal. It's breaking, you know, zoning laws or whatever. How did they rationalize that? I don't know, but they do. It's the There's, same way that they rationalized oh, uh, if you want to put solar panels on your house to lower your electric bill, where the electric company is allowed to charge you uh, extra money because you're putting stress on the electric grid, even though you're not, even though you may have set it up so that you're not putting any stress on the electric grid. Um, and uh, that happened because lobbyists for the electric company saw people's electric bills going down and decided they didn't want to lose any more money. That's how that happened. And Joseph, it's the same thing that drives laws here to where, you know, if you hand out food in a park to homeless people, then you can get arrested. And then you have mayors of some cities that order rat poison put in dumpsters to keep people from digging in there for food. I did go, uh, there was something about the whole uh, collecting rainwater is illegal thing. Uh, I, I remembered part of this. It's it's a trope that is based in, of course, something resembling reality. There is no actual citizens hoarding water kind of thing that's illegal. There are, as a matter of fact, in several states here, there are some places where it's encouraged and you can get some kind of uh, tax relief. This because you are putting less strain on the overall water infrastructure. 
However, where you start to get into problems are when large collections of runoff water are hoarded instead of trickling through the ecology the way that it nominally would have otherwise. And when oh, you're, runoff. Yeah. Now, when you're dealing with something like that, you can probably well imagine we're talking about a very large volume of water at that point. So is there some nugget of truth in the whole damn thing? Yeah, there is. But generally speaking, average Joe Blow citizenry is not really going to have anything to do with it. One would expect. But doesn't that vary on what state you're in? Uh, from what I was able to see very quickly, no state has it as an illegal item for the state. Again, it's a local municipal um, thing based and on volume and ecology. So, uh, again, I'm looking very quickly for it, so I, I can't exactly do a, a complete deep dive at the moment, but I wanted to make sure okay. that, you know, I got that much into it all. I'm sorry if I put out bad information. Sorry. I I, th I thought the same damn thing, too, for a while, because I had heard the same damn thing. Um, Funny enough, I'd actually recently saw a thing where there are some cities in South Korea, I think is where it was where the office buildings are actually collecting rainwater as it comes in to put into their own uh, storage to use, you know, through the building so that they don't have to be, you know, you know dealing with the, uh, uh, the city's infrastructure and, you know, taking, taking a little bit of uh, stuff off of that, which I'm all, I'm all for. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, in my particular situation, I have well water, and what I was told at the time was that I will run out of pressure from from the the machinery not being able to pump before I will run out of water in the tap that I've got on the ground here, which is nice. But um, I've also kind of wondered the idea of a uh, a backup wind generator up here. Now, where I live, wind is not that great uh, an item unless you get like you know, quite a ways up. But I do remember instead of the traditional windmill design, the propeller design, I remember that there was one that was a little bit different, which was a helical design. And I've kind of wondered if those... the cheese grater. I'm not familiar with that. <laughs> the, the, it, uh, I, I call it the cheese grater. I've seen two variations of it um, where if you ha ever had an old push lawnmower, um, have those. it looks like that vertical. And then I've also seen one where it looks like that vertical with holes in it with fin extra fins inside the basically. Uh, somebody's a bastard child of it, I guess. Okay. Um, just, you know, cause taught are arguing, uh, physics and all that other stuff. Um, so yeah, I've seen those and some places have actually banned those because they say that they're more dangerous than a standard windmill, even though they're, they're 
safer in terms of the amount of space, less stuff flying around and all that. And you can actually put gratings around them, you know, uh, fencing around them to protect birds and, and fingers and things like that. But they, uh, but yeah, um, you've got a lot of lobbyists in every state trying to get renewables either banned or regulated so that you, the person don't save a lot of money, but the shareholders make a ton of money off of you. There's what I'm sorry, go right ahead. Yeah. Um, I'm almost, when I hear all this shit, I'm almost moved to get private interests out of, Everything that concerns uh, individual well-being. I mean, we all need electricity. Good freaking luck. Yeah, I know. But, I mean, um, you know, for your electricity and all that, um, would you rather your electric company be a non-profit organization or a profit one? It can be just as bad. I mean, government basically should be a non-profit uh, organization that we pay for. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? I, agree. I agree. I don't care if the electric company makes a profit or not. What I care is, uh, well, you're paying are there regulations in place that mean that even if they are making a profit, they're not gouging the customer and that they're holding up to their end of the bargain that they have re- minimum requirements that must be met and is enforced, actively enforced in such a way that they know, don't screw around with these things. Don't screw around with these requirements. You know what's going to happen then? Uh, Eventually it's going to happen anyways, because uh, if that actually becomes a case, um, I don't think these companies, these investors, or whatever you want to call them, um, creating these companies, I don't think they'd be interested anymore because it would just... uh, quote-unquote, cost them too much. There would be those who would take their place. Do you see what I'm saying? There, there are. It, it, when certain th- services have gotten regulated, there are others that come in and, and go, oh, you don't want to do it? We'll do it. We know we, we, we can make a profit off that. It might not be as big as yours, uh, the way you were gouging, but oh, we can still I make a profit. Okay. Yeah, yes. well, honest people, so to speak. And more willing to work within the system rather than trying to gouge everybody. (laughs) More willing to work. Too cool. Yeah. You know, we just want to sit in our asses and just take a dime from everybody. For kind of like the electric grid in Texas. Yeah. Well, well, that's uh, the the electric grid in Texas result of that. (laughs) You know, uh, people wanting to make the most money possible from doing the least amount of work and taking the least amount of ability in the bargain. You know, everything, as long as the economy is going good, everybody's got money, everybody's got, you know, everybody's quote-unquote taken care of, yeah, fine. They won't complain too much, but when it comes down to dire situations such as these, yeah, it becomes, their behavior becomes criminal. Yeah, my husband was telling me earlier today that things are so bad here as far as, you know, like compared to the rest of the civilized world that 
yeah, that there's a huge decline in international student enrollment here, that they're going to other places like India to go to school. Because they don't want to have to come here and deal with this bullshit. Welcome to the free market economy that they've been wanting all this time. Merka. <laughs> you just said it, man. Merka. Yep. That mentality will doom everybody. Because the worst part is when they say America, they're not saying, hey, all of us together in this together, looking out for each other, caring for each other, which is what America was supposed to basically be. They they think they're saying something to that effect. But what they're really saying is, screw you if I think I'm getting one over on you. I got mine. Well, I mean, there was a period of time, albeit a a short period of time, when, you know, people did take care of each other and the government did try to help. I mean, that's how we got the the New Deal. That's how we got, you know, Medicare, Social Security, and, you know, a highway system that, you know, was countrywide. Oh, God, Social Security, that's for socialists. Yeah. And you know, and it just makes me sick to see that there's you know, the that the GOP is actively trying to destroy all that. Get those social commies out of my uh my my off my property. I got my guns. Ah, shoot them. Well, you know, uh, people talk about socialism uh, though it's sort of People talk about how they don't understand it. Well, they don't understand it. They think, and it's also a reflection of what they think about what their concept of government. They seem to think that they have no implication at all. Some sort of nefarious entity outside of themselves that they have no control over. And that's really weird. Because you know, a democracy requires direct education. You have a direct role in selection and uh, the maintaining and the function of government. Well, even our founding documents say that they're supposed to promote the general welfare. If you remember your, your preamble. Yeah. And just for the heck of it, I'm going to make sure that uh, the link to the uh, Schoolhouse Rock uh, version of the preamble is in the notes for folks. Because it's the best one. I love that. I wish they would show those again, the Schoolhouse Rocks, because I think that they were very educational. That's why they were I just made. think people should start watching Sesame Street again. They could learn a second language. They could learn to count past ten. You yeah. know? They can learn big words like caring, empathy, compassion. You know, the, what they actually mean versus what they think it means. And they can I'm actually, uh, and they can actually see uh, superheroes that they can look up to, like soup. 
And maybe Bobert can learn how to how amendments work in the Bill of Rights. She oh. needs to watch. I'm just a Bill. Yeah. Oh, I think he died. What? I'm just a Bill. Yes, I'm only a Bill, and I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think they killed him. Well, Oscar, Oscar the Grouch was my role model. Even Oscar the Grouch cared more about people than some of these politicians. This is true. Well, it's not just politicians. I mean, everybody has to understand, hey, hey, you know, how you treat your fellow human, um, that's going to affect you in the end. Yep. Can't get much simpler than that. But if they're never held accountable, it doesn't much matter then, does it? We need to wrap up, and I've been hearing something uh, the last couple of minutes, so uh, I'm I'm not quite sure what the heck's going on over here. So I'm gonna make this uh, I'm gonna make this quick. Uh, Joey, yes, sir. you've had you've had the last uh, the least amount of screen time tonight. So uh, is is there anything that you wanna you wanna say that's basically closing us out for tonight? Um. Uh. Suck as okay. This winter, yes, bit fucked up. That is that goes without saying. I still prefer winter over summer. Reason being is you can always add layers. There's only so many you can take off and still remain decent. And even then, decency aside. There's only so many you can take off. Boy's got a point. I'm just going to go ahead and close us here at, at this point. Like I said, Joe's just had the least amount of time tonight. So I, I, I think if there's anything else that we need to go ahead and talk about, I'm sure that we will post it uh, over on the Discord side, on Facebook, or, or something at some point. Because Lord knows there's there's never a lack of anything to go around when these shows come up. So as always, everybody, thank you for being with us. We hope that you found something worthwhile in all of our perspectives and you got something to think about for tonight and for the rest of the week while you're busy digging out. Over live chat, Stephanie, Felis, guys, thank you. Really do appreciate it. You guys take please take care of yourselves out there. Really, really, just please be safe. Joseph, you take care of yourself. You have a, a good morning and a good luck for the week. Yeah, thank you, sir. Same to you. Um, yeah, by the way, I'm on vacation this week. Excellent. Yeah, I had to, um, yeah, I had like 13 more days left to take from last year, so... I have no fucking do with <laughs> what clue what I'm going to do this week. <laughs> so, anyways, you could build a snowman. Uh, first I have to find some snow. Yeah, it's still above freezing over there, isn't it? Um, it's going to be bloody warm this week. Good luck. I might imagine a trip down to Burgundy. We'll see. Fair enough. Tech, thank you. You take care of yourself out there and just, man, 
no no driving sideways down the road, eh? Well, you know, it's this little thing called intelligence. Oh, look, it's uh, ice. Um, don't drive. That's a really good point. Joe? But things are starting to melt, so. Yeah, lucky you. Joe, you take care of yourself, too, man. Good to have you tonight. Uh, no promises. I don't know why I've got the runny nose so much tonight, but. Did I mute myself again? No, you're okay. just fine. <sighs> I'm just uh, I'm just looking up information on uh, on the <laughs> weather all over the place. Okay, El Paso is at uh, eighteen. That's 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 nice. I'm just trying to figure yep. out. Uh, it's negative five right now. Oh, for you? Yeah, Celsius. Yeah. Well, at least it's above freezing. Over here, it's minus six. What? No, negative five is not above freezing. El Paso, I was talking about. Oh. Fortunately. Uh, Yellowknife is currently at minus 24. Isn't that wonderful? And... Um, Bridget, thank you very much for being tonight. Do you remember what the name of that station was in Antarctica? I don't remember. Station. Um, which one? Uh, you know what? That's that's a very good point. Because um, I know that I have a friend that works down at one of them uh, for six months out of the year, but he is very, very far away from where the um, Chinese had set up their station so uh you know as far as when covid finally showed up down there he was very 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 far away from it that's fair enough i mean like you know several miles you know away from it so i'm i'm not sure um oh i found some of the bases why is it listed in fahrenheit no change that No, I don't need it in Kelvin. Thank you. Uh, weather in Antarctica, 15 locations. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so it's more than we thought. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, depending as to where you are, it could be, uh, two degrees Celsius. Or, uh, it, depending as to where you are, you could be at the South Pole directly and it's currently at minus 48 Celsius. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing that I can tell you is that the, the the official Arctic melt season has, you know, started early. And I say that just because the extent has gone down over the last three days, you know, the last three consecutive days. So to me, that indicates a trend. And it has started earlier than, um, you know, any time since they started keeping records of it. I mean, 2012 was like a, a record low year for the extent, and it looks like, or was it 2016? Uh, it was 2016, but it looks like we're probably going to break the record this year. Right. And uh, what we can tell is the extent that did come back, you know, is what they have mostly now is the younger ice, which means that it's, you know, two years old or less 
a lot of the old ice is gone. So just as a just an aside for you, by the way, uh, the North Pole is currently at minus thirty Celsius, and none of it is minus thirty one. Isn't that nice? Yeah, but check the surface water temperatures. Now, if you go right at the North Pole, they're below uh, Celsius. But check off the coast of uh, like Greenland and uh, Finland and stuff like that, and it's yeah, way above freezing. Anyway, thank you for being uh, thank you for being here tonight. Uh, anything that you'd like to go ahead and say that's uh, gonna piss off the nice folks over there at Echelon? Don't tell me you froze up your microphone now. The Echelon people? Well, yeah. I mean, you you you've got your thing. I mean, it's like pulling teeth with you sometimes. Oh, I was. I can't. I suck at multitasking. I'm talking to Stephanie, but um, just fuck the whole GOP at this point, except for the people who voted to impeach, because at least they seem like they still have some principles. Um, but all the rest of you just take a flying fuck at a rolling donut. You know what? I I no arguments. No arguments here from from me at all. But but I do notice that Mike Pence has been very very silent. Can't imagine why. Um, but he did end up going back to D.C. with the wife because Indiana doesn't like him either. <laughs> yeah, can't uh, can't imagine why that might be. Somehow, I don't think that he'd uh, he'd take a trip down to Florida. You know, considering his last employer uh, almost had him killed. Oh, yeah, they're they're not on speaking terms. And as far as I understand, McConnell and Trump have not spoken a word. They're not on speaking terms either. Yeah, we may end up touching on that subject in the near future because, um, boy, howdy. Let me tell you about uh, schadenfreude right there. <laughs> See, Dr. Frankenstein, that's exactly what happens when you don't pay attention to the end of the book. Oh, yeah. Yes. So, as always, everybody, thank you very much for being with us. If you'd like to get the audio version of the podcast, it's over at holycrapthevlogcast.com, as is all of our contact information. You want to leave a voicemail, phone number for that is 859-HCTV-554, 859-4288-554. Please try to be, you know, creative. Articulate. That would be good, too. And, um... Very quickly, I was planning on going out to dig out my car at the end of my driveway tomorrow, which is now today, because it's going to be above freezing today. I have approximately four and a half or slightly more feet of snow from my garage all the way down to where my car is right near the street. I am very much not looking forward to this. Please be safe out there, people. Remember, it doesn't matter if it's COVID or a heart attack from trying to shovel too much snow at a time. Either way, dead is dead. Don't do that to yourself. But in the meantime, we'll see you all again next week, and we'll figure out what we're going to talk about at that point. As always, until that point, 
I wish you all the peace I no longer have. I wish you the strength that I've learned. I wish you well. Sixteen years very soon. Later. And I am still in love with you. Matane Fujin. I love you. I miss you. Dream of us. Till the next time we get together, everyone. As always, good night. You've been listening to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Feel free to leave a comment at the show's website at holycrapthevlogcast.com, where you'll also find links to our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter pages. Theme music is Twisted by Kevin McLeod, available at incompetech.com. And on behalf of all of us here, thank you for listening.